Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Our topic today is sabbaticals, part one, what they are and why every leader needs one. This will be a part one of two. And uh, on the second one, I'll talk about how to plan for a transformational sabbatical uh, time away. So I invited on social media uh, many of you to send me questions around sabbaticals. And I was quite stunned by how many I received uh, case studies, questions, etc. They were outstanding, very rich. Uh, thing, everything from, uh, you know, how do I respond to the notion that sabbaticals aren't biblical? How do you advocate for sabbatical when it's not the current practice? What makes a sabbatical different from a vacation? Uh, does everyone need a sabbatical or just ministry leaders? How about marketplace or non-paid staff? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about people who are working within the church vocationally. Uh, how do you measure a successful sabbatical? Uh, how about if you're burnt out? How much time is enough? Uh, how do you do a sabbatical with elementary and uh, toddler, elementary school kids and toddlers? Uh, how many people, uh, you know, have boards that are against it? What do I do then? So uh, many people quit uh, their ministries or roles and they move on rather than do the short-term work of creating a sabbatical rest and so uh and, and the necessary work in creating a theological foundation for everybody to get on board to such a notion uh and now again some of you listening your pastors your leaders others of you are board members uh or people of influence in the congre in congregations perhaps you're a marketplace leader uh, in a company, or maybe you are a leader in a nonprofit organization. Uh, maybe you're listening from some country around the world or tent making. Uh, and so the question is, what is a sabbatical and why does every leader need one? So I will get into specific case studies uh, in part two. At the same time, I'm going to mention uh, a number of questions that have come up along the way. And I can't say everything here on this one podcast because, as you'll see, there's so much to sabbatical. So, again, feel free to send in any questions or case studies you have, and I'll do my best to integrate them next week. If you're listening to this the week that it's come out, just go to my social media uh, at Pete Scazzaro, and uh, I'll be glad to see what I can do for next week. All right, so let's dive into it here. What's a sabbatical? And uh, what's the difference between a sabbatical and even a long holiday? And uh, our sabbatical on a vacation, uh, is it even biblical? Can I do it in two days a week or three days a week instead of a longer term? So again, the foundation of the word sabbatical comes from Sabbath. And so theologically understanding Sabbath well uh, is foundational and critical to understanding sabbatical. So what makes a Sabbath... Uh, unique is it's to the Lord our God. And so if you've heard me talk about Sabbaths and or read any kind of any of my books on Sabbath or I talk about it within chapters, uh, in my work, I've got down to four principles that makes a Sabbath a Sabbath. Now, it's a 24-hour period without have-tos and shoulds where I do four things. I stop uh, my paid and unpaid work. Uh, I rest. I uh, and allow God to impart nutrients into the soil of my being to enable me to rest and be changed. Uh, I delight uh, 
in the Lord our God coming out of Genesis chapter 1. God delights in the very first Sabbath. I delight in the miracle of life and all the miracles of God around me. And then I contemplate him. I'm, I'm in the midst of Sabbathing. I'm seeing the invisible God in the visible world around me. It's, it's, very, it's a sacramental taste of eternity. And so, again, it comes out of Exodus 20 and then Deuteronomy 5 and the Ten Commandments. Uh, we stop our work in Deuteronomy 5 because we're not slaves any longer. We're free men and women, uh, and uh, we live as free people now with a rhythm of uh, work and Sabbath. And there's a boundary around our work. So we're not workaholics. We don't find our identity in work. Our identity is found in God. And so God, after 430 or 400 plus years of slavery, God frees his people for Sabbath. And so the the first Sabbath command given in Exodus 20 is based on the fact that we're image bearers of God, that God himself worked six days uh, and then had a Sabbath, delighted uh, in his creation. So stop, rest, delight, contemplate. Those are the four markers that I like to use to frame and craft a Sabbath for a 24-hour period on a weekly basis. Now, in our, with our global economy in the 21st century and Western culture, the notion of a regular Sabbath is radical. It's prophetic. It's countercultural. And it's a spiritual formation practice, right? It's not a legalism. It's not a have to. It's, it's like prayer and Bible study. We're not saved by prayer and Bible study. We're saved by Jesus. Uh, but it's a spiritual formation practice that enables us to be positioned so God can grow us and mature us. And so Sabbath, much like prayer, Bible study, worship, giving are, are just foundational practices in the Christian life. So the question then is, what's a sabbatical then? Well, sabbatical, very simply, is not a 24-hour period. Uh, it's actually an, an extended Sabbath. Now, it, the principle comes out of the Old Testament, uh, where God built in longer stretches of time for his people of Israel to Sabbath. It was built into their very national and economic life. Again, they're a theocracy, of course. And so ancient Israel had a central place of feasts and sacred festivals. It was key to their, their nation. In fact, you can look at it uh, in, Ex- in Leviticus 23 and Leviticus 25, where God lays it out quite succinctly there in those chapters. But besides weekly Sabbath, uh, there were three primary feasts or sacred festivals that lasted longer than uh, a 24-hour period. You had, number one, Passover, or it was sometimes called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then you had the Feast of Pentecost, or sometimes it was called the Feast of Weeks or First Fruits or Harvest. Then thirdly, they had the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths, which began five days after the Day of Atonement that lasted seven days. Now, after the exile, they added the Feast of Lights uh, or Dedication and the Feast of Purim. And then finally, there was actually, so they had these these national uh, festivals that were longer. People would travel to Jerusalem, which were extended Sabbaths or sabbaticals. And then actually in Leviticus 25, and every seventh year, uh, they were to have an entire sabbatical year. Leviticus 25 talks about that. All Israel was commanded to give the land a Sabbath of rest. Could you imagine? Every seventh year, a year uh, from working in their agricultural economy. And then every 50 years, uh, it was called the year of Jubilee, they were to take a second sabbatical year. And so it was two years they didn't work. And God always promised that he would provide enough harvest in that 49th year that they would be able to eat for the next three years. Could you imagine? Two years uh, sabbatical. And uh, 
Wow. Wow. So this principle of sabbaticals, we do find uh, in Scripture, in ancient Israel. So we can now apply it to our, our longer, I like to apply it to the longer holidays we have built into each of our countries. Uh, I treat them as sabbaticals. So we just came off, a, uh, at least here in the United States, a Thanksgiving, which really was like a four-day holiday. And so treating that as a Sabbath, a longer Sabbath, where I'm building in stop, rest, delight, contemplate God as part of my sabbatical. So it's not just a holiday, it's a sabbatical to the Lord my God. And so I'm building uh, into that the same principles. Same thing when you go on a retreat, maybe for two days, uh, I treat it as a sabbatical. It applies to vacations as well. I like to encourage people to treat your vacation as a sabbatical. As you think about it in advance, you plan it, say, how can we stop our work, paid and unpaid? How can we rest our soil of our souls? How can I delight uh, in the miracle of life, allowing myself to get replenished, enjoying God, and then contemplate him, and sacramentally seeing him, whether it's hiking or reading or going to the beach, whatever it is that you do on your vacations, being with your children or extended family. But again, it's your vacations become longer sabbaticals, hopefully two, three, four, five weeks, maybe longer, every, you know, every summer. Uh, and then every, and sabbaticals, or uh, every seventh or eighth year, you're actually taking a sabbatical. So what makes a sabbatical different? Question, one of the questions that came up uh, was, what's the difference between a sabbatical and a long-term service leave? And the difference is that a sabbatical, again, the principle is always to the Lord our God. Uh, it's not a day off. It's to the Lord our God. It, and so it, there's, God is central to it. And so your employment may give you a leave, uh, for whatever reason. But I would encourage you to recraft it in your own mind as a sabbatical, and you do it to the Lord your God, regardless of what your employment may call it. But I, I have a number of friends who are professors, and professors are given sabbatical six months, sabbatical years or six months, and they're expected to write. And I often say to them, I said, I, I would divide it up that if you're given a year sabbatical and you're expected to write a book, that you take a sabbatical in the biblical sense of stop, rest, delight, contemplate God, craft it in such a way that your soul's getting replenished. Um, uh, and then, you know, then after that, in a sense, sabbatical to the Lord your God is over, then you're going to write your book or whatever you're expected to, to do for your job as a professor. Uh, because writing a book is work. And I've had more than one professor, Christian professor, especially confused, coming off sabbatical, exhausted. Uh, they just did something different. So again, um, a sabbatical. The goal, you know, why, the question is, why do I do a sabbatical? And I do it because the the goal is God, uh, transformation. It's your soil of your being being replenished. It's about uh, respecting your limits. It's about loving God, allowing Him to love you. Uh, you're not a machine. You're not in control of the universe. God's on the throne. You're not indispensable. And every Sabbath, we taste our in a sabbatical. We we taste heaven, we taste our death, we taste uh, eternity, our eternal Sabbath that we're headed to. In other words, we it's a, it's a longer, deeper, wider drink of Sabbath. Um, but it's an opportunity now for God to replenish you in a way that would not be possible on a one day a week Sabbath. And so it, it's, it's uh, and the ministry can go on fine without you, that, that uh, other people have an opportunity to step up, uh, you're not indispensable. And if you know anything about systems theory, 
uh, so many good things happen when the leader vacates. Uh, other people can emerge. Uh, you, you begin to recognize where I might be over-functioning, where others might be under-functioning. You're actually investing in the health of your church or ministry or organization when you step back. It, it, the board then steps up, actually, um, and begins to take some leadership. Uh, and again, a number of issues often become evident. You get, to, you get to see clearly, why do you need a sabbatical? Because you get stripped um, of your doing and being in a way that can happen no other way. Masks fall off. Uh, and every each of my sabbaticals, elements of my false self emerged. Uh, you get freer from other people's opinions. You, you realize I might be running after the wrong things here. You just begin to see yourself, God, life clearly. I like to say some of the idols of your heart get cleansed in a way that can only happen by taking a sabbatical. You know, one person wrote me, well, I haven't, Pete, I haven't grown the numbers in my church, so why would they reward me with a sabbatical? Well, the very question itself comes out of a faulty theology. Uh, the reason uh, you do a sabbatical is because you're human. Uh, it's not a reward. Uh, you're a creature made in the image of God, and you're not God. Now, listen, 95% of the pastors I know and leaders are underpaid. I mean, we don't go into being pastors and leaders in a church or a nonprofit for money. Uh, it's very unlike you know many other professions in terms of bonuses and perks and all that and the number of hours we actually work and carry people in our hearts with us uh, are, are, are some ways difficult to count. How, how do you measure uh, you were up at three in the morning uh, working on your sermon or thinking about it in the middle of the night? And uh, so... Again, I, I want to encourage you. You want to deepen your understanding of Sabbath. And again, we live into something like that. Uh, you may want to check out, there's a team transformational video uh, where I introduce Sabbath for leaders. Uh, if you go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash team, it's one of the free modules on our website. I would encourage you to look, check that out. I, I give a kind of a lecture on Sabbath, a wider lecture. There's some notes on it. You get to think about it, ask some questions, and I kind of bring up some conclusion, answering a number of FAQs that come up. There's also a chapter in the Emotionally Healthy Leader book uh, on practice Sabbath delight. It's probably my best treatment theologically on Sabbath uh, because you need to get into this deeply as you live into it, the biblical understanding of Sabbath, because there's quite a bit to it. And you can just check that out and go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash leader. But I would look for that chapter in the Emotionally Healthy Leader book. It's very, very helpful. I think we often underestimate what it means to shepherd a flock of people in terms of the energy that goes out of us, the life force that goes out from doing such a work. And I would apply this actually to, I can think of a number of marketplace leaders who approach their employees and the people who report to them, really, they, they function as pastors in the marketplace. And um, it just, it takes a lot of energy to do it like that. But when we, we to lead as an under-shepherd of Jesus uh, takes a lot. So much is going out of us. Let's think of uh, when Jesus, the hem of his garment was touched, life and power went out from him. Uh, well, the same thing with us. When we're teaching, when we're leading, when we're um, pasturing people, there, there's life coming out of us. Uh, and there's a weight of speaking uh, for God regularly, teaching for God, guiding people's lives, how they spend their money, raise their kids, uh, 
So for us, growing in Jesus and being transformed in Jesus is the heart of our work. It's hard work indeed. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I like many people over the years. Uh, I would sometimes go look at the classified sections uh, of newspapers for jobs. Uh, something that would not be so taxing because it's the inner life work that's so taxing. I used to say, I just want to be a painter or a carpenter or a baker like those of my family. I wouldn't have to be, my inner life wouldn't be such an issue. I just paint the building, you know. And it's kind of a running joke among many of my friends uh, who are pastoring when we'd want to run away because there's a weight to shepherding a flock of people in the name of Jesus. You're dealing with eternal matters. Uh, and it's, it is different than running a small business. Uh, although I think business leaders also merit a sabbatical, if possible, but I'll give some examples of that next week. Um, and I, you know, some, I've had a situation, I've seen it, where folks in the marketplace, maybe on your board, may be resentful because they say, I, I didn't get one. I, didn't, I never got one of these. And uh, I deserve one too. And that may be very true. Uh, absolutely. However, uh, at this moment, I'm talking primarily to pastors and leaders within churches, which are unique in all the earth in terms of institutions created by God to be salt and light in the earth, to guide God's people to live a life in Jesus, for Jesus, through Jesus. Um, It's got a unique place in the world uh, to serve in. So we, we lead. I'm talking here about pastors and leaders in churches. We model by, by God's grace, we're highly differentiated. We do a lot of inner work before the work we do externally. So then let me go on to the next question here. How long does a sabbatical uh, last? And what are the kind of things you might do in a sabbatical? So again, this is how do you do it? It's going to be based on where you are in your journey with Jesus. So I'll just use my three primary sabbaticals I've taken, long ones. Um, my first theme of my first sabbatical was emotional health. It was uh, it was integrating uh, the emotional world into discipleship. It was my marriage. It was therapy. It was that whole world which I had neglected. It was uh, 1996. I was integrating the beginnings of what we call emotional health today. And so uh, that was my first theme. Uh, my second sabbatical, uh, seven years later, was actually around the contemplative life, the slow down life. It was my, I call my my sabbatical that... Uh, of diving into monasticism and how do I live a slow down spirituality? So that was all structured around that. My third sabbatical, long one, was around transition. Uh, I was in the process of transitioning out of new life. I hadn't done that quite yet, but I was getting closer. So it was, it was about endings and transitions was the whole theme of that sabbatical. So I, I went into the first sabbatical I did tired. I've been going 20 years as a Christian leader very hard from the time I came to Christ in a parachurch ministry, then even the way I, I did seminary, language school, very hard and intense, exhausting. Then I was an associate pastor for a year, very intense, and then church planting for nine uh, before my first sabbatical. And so I, I hit a wall, but it wasn't from the nine years only of church planting or being a pastor of a church. It was the pace of the 20 years prior to that. It was the whole way I lived my Christian life. So you know, I like to say, I, I like to suggest, and my suggestion to you would be, you look at a sabbatical uh, for between 14 and 17 weeks, between three to four months, uh, 14 to 17 weeks, between three and four months. Uh, in some ways, many folks talk about a sabbatical. They took the summer for five weeks or six weeks. That was your sabbatical every, you know, every seven or eight years. And I, 
uh, I would say that's just that's just a, a, a mini sabbatical vacation, really. Um, a sabbatical I'm referring to here, we're talking about a larger chunk of time, three to four months, 14 to 17 weeks. Now, longer than that, I had a, a friend who was a district superintendent. He took a whole year sabbatical, and he actually, he and a couple of other folks who did the same thing at the same time regretted it. Uh, it was actually too long. They felt it, uh, uh, the, the system that they were leading oh, a year period is such a long time, it actually closed in behind them. Uh, uh, the nice thing about if you don't go long enough, there's no opportunity for the system to get, in a sense, healthier and, and flex what it's like to be with, uh, without you. Which is always, which can often be a very, very good thing. So you need to be long enough that you're gone enough time that the system's wrestling, or, or uh, I would just say, g- dealing with issues of other people can now emerge into new roles, step up, uh, over functioning, under functioning. Things are, are are now being seen. Things are happening when you're gone that you can only see when you're gone for a while, and there, it's all good. Um, and I like to say every six or seven years to take a sabbatical. Now, I actually waited on my second sabbatical because we were in the middle of buying a building that had delays. And so I think I actually went on my on our eighth year. And there was a, no problem. I mean, I, I, because I was living healthier ryth- rhythms in my days and weeks and years, uh, my, my second and third sabbaticals did not have the – I was not, quote, tired – uh, at all, I was doing it just part of my own formation and the church's formation. So here's a question that came in: Was how long is a sabbatical? And I'm going on sabbatical in 2022. How long is optimal, and why? I don't actually get to decide, but what should we hope for? And again, I, I would shoot for 14 to 17 weeks if you could. Now, the buildup, uh, even just the buildup. The question here is, what's the components in a sabbatical? So the buildup to a sabbatical, especially in the four to six months before you go, you're going to be learning a lot, uh, not just getting things in order. And then when you come back after your sabbatical, I always encourage people to come back slowly. You don't come back and start working a 60-hour week or a 50-hour week. You come back probably half time, slowly. And over the next year, you you continue in that kind of sabbatical um I don't know, rhythm, no, sabbatical atmosphere. In a sense, you're not going to have done everything you wanted to in that 14 to 16 weeks. You will not get to everything, and you shouldn't get to everything. So there's going to be things you're going to want to do later in that year. So you, you come back, you're going to come back different. You're going to do hopefully your rhythms differently. It's a, so coming back after that three to four months is as important as doing the sabbatical uh, so that you're integrating how God came to you. So what are the key components of a sabbatical? This is, this is, this is why you need time to prepare. Uh, you, have to, you have to ask, you, you know, what's God's invitation to you? I recommend you have a theme or a focus for each sabbatical. It can be something as simple as faith and work. Uh, it may be, um, in my case, it was emotional health or mar- marriage. Relationships was my first one. Uh, my second was the contemplative, slow down spirituality. My third was transitions and endings, um, big ones anyway. It may be Celtic spirituality. Maybe it's the sacraments. Maybe it's church history. Maybe it's worship outside your tradition. The key thing is you're discerning. What's God's invitation to you? The key theme is soil, your soil. What are you eager to grow in and learn? And what, 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 do you, what needs replenishment inside of you? And so you want to just take some time with that. I, I, when I, when I, and when I think of a 14 to 17 week uh, sabbatical, I imagine at least, you know, 
four weeks of that are like a straight, quote, vacation time. In other words, you're just taking a vacation within that frame, probably to start, uh, just to purely rest. You're not learning. You're not the structured part of your sabbatical does not kick in. But you're going to want to then create a structure around your theme. So you got a structure for the whole sabbatical, three to four months. But part of that structure is a vacation time. And you figure out when you're going to do that. And then the question comes up, well, how do I schedule my time? Do you have any goals or desired outcomes aside from rest and refreshment? The answer is yes, yes. Remember, this is the most loving thing you can do for the people you're serving is to take a sabbatical. It's really hard to do. It takes quite quite a bit of discipline because, you, you, again, the great gift we bring to our people is our being, our cup running over. Uh, it, it's, it's leading out of the inside of who we are. Uh, you're getting unentangled from the idols of the culture. I mean, what a gift. Uh, and, and so, again, as you structure your time, the key is it's not to be intense. Um, I remember Jerry and I, in our first sabbatical, we, we would, I think, maybe four days a week, we would do incarnational listening. I mean, we were just discovering what it's like to 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 love. And we started with each other. We would, do, we would do incarnational listening. What's the biggest thing impacting you, which is one of the skills in the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. Uh, we would do it because we were so bad at listening to each other. We didn't know how to be present with each other. We were learning. And then we would get stuck. Around a difficult issue, we would go. To, we had a. We were seeing a therapist along the way, periodically around around our stuck issues. So it was part of again. It was core to our outcome was to lead out of our marriage and what that might look like. Um, and then I was asked, I'd love to hear your thoughts on ratios of time between pure rest, fun, spiritual practices, and projects. Um, again, it depends on how God's built you. Of course, you want to have be drinking and lots of time alone with God. Scripture, stillness, devotional reading. Uh, you may want to get a spiritual director or a counselor or see mentors I, or all the above. Uh, I like having a therapist component at least a couple of times during your sabbatical. Uh, in, if you're married, for your marriage. Um, we want to become the most aware, differentiated people. If I had a seminary, I think I'd require people in a... If I was leading a seminary, and if it was able to do so, I'd require people to have a spiritual director and a therapist along the way. Uh, but again, the principle is don't overplan for a sabbatical. It's one of the biggest mistakes people make. You want to have lots of space in the calendar. Uh, and again, you got to pray how that does. Uh, do you take on a lot? I've asked the question that comes out here. Do you take on a life-giving project or something that your ordinary work keeps you from to delight in? And the answer is absolutely. What do I avoid? Should I travel or stay local? It all depends on how God's built you. Probably both local and travel. But again, the issue is boundaries. And so we had to explain even to friends in the church what we were doing uh, because we lived only blocks from some of our friends and our kids even played together. But we did set a boundary uh, because our some of our work relationships was hard off talking about church. So we just had to create a boundary and it worked, but it was also explained in advance. But how far in advance should you plan a mast? Well, unless it's an emergency, in some cases it is, when we're so tired and we haven't done good self-care and good healthy rhythms along the way, we have, it's a kind of an emergency sabbatical. We've got to do it within six months. But I like to say at least 12 to 24 months out. Uh, once you do one, you want to immediately plan your next one six, seven years out. Um, put it in the calendar. Uh, someone wrote, I'm, I'm taking one beginning in January. Considering all the stuff I have to complete to even take this time off, I'm questioning if it's even worth it. I get it. It is a lot of work. Uh, and this is the work before the work. Uh, but remember, even this process, God's changing you. You are leading. 
you are modeling. You're saying imitate me as I imitate Christ. It is a lot of work, especially the first time you do it. Um, but again, reread Leviticus 23 and maybe 25, where God just promises Israel, if you'll, you know, Sabbath, take this sabbatical year, in their case, to rest the soil, God says, I'll take care of you, I'll provide for you, things will not fall apart. And my surprise, every sabbatical was always how well the church did in my absence, they did just fine. I was not indispensable. In fact, make no mistake about it, the process before during and after is touching core issues in your spirituality. As one person said to me, I used to feel like I have to kill myself to deserve it. Um, No, no, no. I mean, so many of us, our identity is tied to our work. And I think of many young leaders I do talk to, and I realize I'm, I'm suggesting to more and more of them take a sabbatical because their identity is so tied in with the work that one of the ways God's gonna free you from that fused identity of work and your relationship with Jesus and or work and your identity is that sabbatical, time and space. Again, I, I think of things I learned like Matthew eleven twenty eight, you know, take my you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I never understood that verse until I took a sabbatical. The Mary Martha text came really to me in Luke ten. Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, Martha active. I mean, of course you've preached it, I've preached it, but there are certain scriptures and truths that came so deeply alive to me on sabbatical that I, I, I don't, I mean, my goodness. I mean, just unbelievable. And it will happen to you, I promise. So then of course, how do you prep your leaders for it? Um, who should pay for what? Uh, how do you advocate for yourself? Self? And I'll just close with this here. The answer is slowly and biblically. Uh, you want to prep your church for it. There's a lot going on here for them as well. Google is a lot of good material out there on on sabbaticals, but make no mistake about it. um, You're leading theologically and biblically here to even frame it because if you can be before you do, if you can model this, it's going to have a large impact across everybody you lead. Uh, It's going to do something a sermon could never do. This is the best investment your ministry, the leadership, the board could ever make uh, is by giving you space, money, and time for a sabbatical. We spend most of the money of any organization on people, uh, and their stewarding people is top priority. Well, if you're the leader of your organization, your ministry, Stewarding you is the most important part. And so you want to do that for yourself, self-care, stewarding your being. And if you have to raise money for it, by God's grace, go find it. Um, I've seen in every case where people have taken sabbaticals, even those who worked for me over the years, it is always born deep fruit. So preach on it. your work of you is the core work of the church. The issue is not that you don't love the people. The issue is you're taking the sabbatical because you do love them. You want to get a deeper biblical grasp on Sabbath and those festivals and sabbatical year. Yes, it's going to touch deep family of origin issues in you, your your, your finiteness, your death. You've got to clarify expectations. What is a pastor? What is a leader? Uh, And getting in touch with what's going on historically inside of you. All right, I'm going to have to postpone the rest of this till next week and talk about what do I do when I've got young kids, etc. There's just so many factors there. But let me invite you here as we close as part one. Uh, again, feel free to send into social media to me at Pete Scazzaro, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything, questions you've got or case studies you want to send to me. But let me invite you finally to go to the team transformational videos on our website at emotionallyhealthy.org slash team. Check out the teaching there on Sabbath or end 
look at uh, the Emotionally Healthy Leader book, the chapter on practice, Sabbath, delight. Again, it's probably the best treatment theologically that we have. Just go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash leader. Thank you so much, everybody. It's been a great joy to be with you. Looking so forward uh, to do part two of this on uh, how do we you know, create a, 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 tra- a transformational time uh, for sabbaticals. All right. Uh, looking forward to seeing you then. God bless you, everybody. Have a great day.